Well, praise the Lord. Last week was super wonderful. Um, I love that we got to blend some of the family and the relationships that Sharon and I have together here uh, with the family that we have. And what I loved most coming out of last Sunday was our friends from Florida, our friends from Pennsylvania, from Africa, from all the different places. The one consistent thing that they said about all of you was how friendly you were. Like everyone was like blown away at how many different people talked with them and asked questions about their lives and where they are in ministry and their calling and all of that. And so I want to say to you, Bethel Church family, awesome, thank you, (laughs) right? Because everyone that saw us leave where we were in Florida and come here were like, okay, what are you guys doing? And now that they've all been here, they were like, this is amazing, we're so excited for you. And so that meant the world to us. A couple of other simple things, you know, Larry talked about our transparency. One of those couples shared on Wednesday night, Ben and Kelsey Patton, they are missionaries in Zanzibar. And we put a little offering plate at the back of the room and said, if you want to bless them as you're leaving, please feel free to leave them something. And Bethel Church family, you guys gave them over $1,600 towards their ministry. So please, (laughs) they were blown away uh, at how awesome Uh, your love offering was to them. They fly back to Zanzibar tomorrow. And um, it's been amazing to see what the Lord is doing. And so I'm unbelievably excited for our upcoming business meeting because I have things in my heart uh, that I want to kind of present to you, share with you about what I feel like the Lord is doing. And as we're headed in that direction, I was really asking the Lord coming out of our installation last week, like, Lord, what do you want me to teach on? What do you want me to share? And I felt like the Lord wanted me to kind of begin to unfold with you my view and perspective of our mission statement as a church, right? It's on the wall in between the two bathrooms, so feel free to read it. If you don't know it, it's at a great location where everyone can see it, (laughs) But, you know, it talks about exalting, encouraging, equipping, and evangelizing. The four E's. And as I was talking with Michael this week, you know, about kind of the different aspects of that, and I was praying and seeking the Lord about, uh, you know, kind of the things that I felt like were on God's heart over that. This week, we're going to begin with exalt. And it's so hard for me to like sum up in one message what I feel like it means to exalt the Lord. And so I'm gonna give it my best with you this morning, but I want you to know this single message falls so short of what it really means to exalt the Lord. Um, I've been in amazing moves of God and seen the Lord pour out his spirit in tremendous ways over the years. And every one of those had something in common, and it was a largely exalting the Lord. It was that corporate unity of a lifting high, how tremendous, how wonderful, how awesome God is. And so just to kind of give you a, a brief understanding, this is our mission statement towards that E with exalt. 
It's creating and maintaining a spirit of praise and worship unto God, whereby he is exalted and personal spiritual growth is assured. Right? Creating and maintaining a spirit of praise and worship unto God, whereby he is exalted and personal spiritual growth is assured. Let me just say this in all love. You can't genuinely exalt the Lord and not grow in your walk with God. You can't do it. You can't talk to God about how awesome God is and not begin to get stirred up in in the Lord about how awesome he is. Right? I've, I've followed the Lord faithfully since I was five years old. I was filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues at seven. Right? I started ministering at my home church at 13. I started traveling America at 16. I started traveling the world at 18. I have seen how awesome and wonderful and amazing God is. And I regularly love to talk about how awesome and how amazing and how wonderful God is. There are times I've sat around our office here with Pastor Michael and Miss Teresa and Chip and just talked about the Lord together. And you know what it does? You start talking about the Lord, it gets you worked up. It gets you excited. Whether you're alone in your prayer closet talking directly to him, whether you're with a friend, whether you're in a a small group, whether you're in a church service, you start bragging on God and it gets you worked up on the inside and it draws you closer to the Lord. Because exalting his name is lifting him up. Right? The, the Hebrew meaning for exalt is to lift up, to set on high, to magnify. Right? You can't exalt the Lord. You can't lift him up. You can't magnify his name without it like starting to stir something up in your spirit. And that's what I want. That's what I want for us as a community. I want us to be stirred up about how awesome God is. I want us as a community to exalt his name, not just through singing, right, with praise and worship, but in everything we do, right? The Lord's exalted when you bless someone in your life, right? You take out of what God has given you and you go and give that to someone else and you say, I want to do this because I felt like the Lord laid it on my heart to do it. That's exalting the Lord. Right? You're giving God all the glory in that moment. Nothing to do with you, everything to do with him. Right? You, you feel like the Lord's given you a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a, a prophetic word for someone. You go and share that with them, and you do it in a way to where the Lord gets all the glory. That's exalting God. Right? Everything we do that's pointed towards the Lord in some way exalts him. Right? You enter your prayer closet, Right? You, you skip other activities and you go into your prayer closet and you start talking to the Lord about the Lord and about other things that are going on. That exalts the Lord. Right? Didn't Jesus tell us in Matthew 6, right? And, and pray like this. Right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? You can't hallow the name of the Lord without exalting him. 
You can't honor his name. You can't magnify his name without exalting him and being drawn up into his plan and purpose. And that's how the Lord, like that's the opener, right? That's what Jesus said, like pray like this, right? You want to open in your prayer closet. You don't just go in with your laundry list of needs. He already knows, right? He already knows what you need. He knows the thoughts you're thinking before you ever say them out loud. So Jesus teaches us to pray when we enter in to the presence of the Father, we begin by reminding, by speaking, by saying to the Lord how amazing and how wonderful he is. That's why when we come in together on Sundays, we come in and start with worship and praise. Because worship and praise is saying unto the Lord how wonderful he is. Right? One of the great errors of current worship music and current praise music is it just talks about us and what we get from God. Right? That's, I'm, I'm super picky when I'm personally like thinking through praise songs because I want stuff that actually exalts the Lord. I want stuff that, that talks about the goodness of God. I want stuff that lifts high the name of the Lord. I don't, want, I don't want to sing songs that talk about what I get from God. I want to tell him how awesome he is, how wonderful he is, how worthy he is in my life. And you know what the outflow of that will be? It will be that the Lord blesses. Why? Because he doesn't know any other way to be. Understand, it's his nature to pour out. It's his nature to express love. It's his nature to release who he is in us, to us, and through us. But so many people, when they come in on Sundays, they come in halfway through a, a worship service or at the end of the worship service, and, and they're focused on what? On the message part, what they get out of it. And they don't realize if they would actually come in for the worship side of things and pour things out unto the Lord, the Lord could do more for them in that than they can get in all of my preaching. They can get more in that encounter with the Lord, exalting and lifting high his name, than they can get in everything I have to share with them. Because when the Lord shows up and does great things, oftentimes it doesn't happen through preaching. It happens through personal encounter. It happens in worship. It happens in prayer after a message. It happens in different points. When people are meeting the Lord and they're realizing how awesome God is. Right? Isn't that what happened in all of our lives at some point? Probably for 99% of the people in this room. At some point you realized, oh my gosh, the Lord is so amazing and so tremendous, and so wonderful that my life is not right without him. And so I want to turn away from all of these lesser things and turn to that greater thing so Jesus come in and be my Savior and my Lord. Right? Your salvation experience was literally an expression of exalting God. You were magnifying how amazing Jesus is and what he's done for you. Right? The moment you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, do you know what that was? That was exalting the Lord. Why? Because your natural mind doesn't get it. 
right? It makes no sense in my natural mind for me to use a bunch of words in another language that I don't know is heavenly or earthly. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what's going on. But nonetheless, I'm pouring this stuff out of me. And when I do that, what do I feel? I feel something in here. Which is what? That return from the Lord. Why? Because I'm exalting his name. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit in me is praying out things I don't understand, which is aligning me with God's plan and purpose for me and all of his creation through me in prayer. So what is that? I'm exalting the Lord. I'm magnifying him. I'm lifting high his name every time I pray in the Spirit. Which is why it's so tremendous and so important that we do that. It shocks me that so many churches in this day and age don't believe in or don't support people praying in, a, in their prayer language because the Bible talks about how important it is. The Bible regularly, the Apostle Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's quite a bold brag for the Apostle Paul. But he understood that he was exalting the Lord. He understood that he was aligning with God. You, you think about the Lord's presence being poured out in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 when they dedicated the temple. It says the priests couldn't even perform their duties. Why couldn't they perform their duties? Because God poured himself out. Why did God pour himself out? Because they were saying, for the Lord is good, his love endures forever. And when they started what? Extolling, exalting, lifting high his name, God decided to show up. And when God decided to show up, what happened? The pastors couldn't perform their duties. Why? Because God was there. The presence of God was in the room. And that superseded the sacrifices that would have been made. Why? Because God himself had shown up. And he showed up when the people were lifting high his name, when the people were exalting his name, when the people were proclaiming to him how wonderful and how worthy he was. You see, later when, when Jehoshaphat, when the enemies of, of Amnon and, and Mount Seir and Moab are marching against the Israelites, and Jehoshaphat is like, I don't know what to do here, right? Second Chronicles 20, he's like, I don't know what to do here. And it says one of the prophets Rises up and says, don't worry, this isn't going to end in death. God's got you. And so we talked about it during our corporate fast, right? In the, in the section on group fasting. So what does Jehoshaphat do? He calls a fast. And at the end of the fast, they decide that they're going to go out to face their enemies. But what does he do? He puts the worshipers ahead of the army. It makes zero sense in the natural, right? Because there isn't much that you can do to fight a guy with a sword and a shield with like a lyre and a harp. Yeah, have you ever seen a harp? They're not overly dangerous. <laughs> but nonetheless, they put the worshipers ahead of the army. Why? Because Jehoshaphat completely believed the word God had given through the prophet saying, this is not going to end in death. So he puts the worshipers at the front to do what? To lift high the name of the Lord. And what do they sing? For the Lord is good, his love endures forever. And then what does the scripture tell us in 2 Chronicles 20? The Lord goes ahead of them. The Lord goes out before them and defeats their enemies. The Lord moved on their behalf when they chose to exalt and lift high his name. And as a community, they grew in their faith and in their trust in the Lord. They exalted him. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to go into a fiery furnace as opposed to bow their knee to that statue. And what did they say? Even if God doesn't show up, we're not worshiping anyone else. And then, and then they get put in the fire, and what does it say? And there was a fourth, like the son of the living God, that showed up in the fire. And they brought them out, and they didn't even smell like smoke. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, I don't understand. And what did they say? We know our God. Right? We, we follow. We're faithful to our God. Do you know how many other young men were taken captive at the same time Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken captive? And nonetheless, the Bible tells us there was only three Hebrews that didn't bow their knee. Right? There were others who claimed to follow the same God that gave in to the pressure of society and were willing to blend in as opposed to stand out when it came time for their feet to be put to the fire. But there were three young men that were like, no, we die, we die, but we will not worship or exalt any name but the name of our God. And the Lord shows up, shows out, they're brought out, and they see, right? And the entire nation then is called to worship. You see the same thing with Daniel, right? When, when the decree is sent out that they're not allowed to pray, what does it say? It says, and Daniel went and opened his windows and prayed as he always had prayed towards the east, towards Jerusalem, and sought the Lord, right? Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. Overnight, the king can't sleep, comes back the next day, rolls the rock out of the way, and is like, Daniel, is your God really who you think he is? And what does Daniel say? Yep. <laughs> yep. Why? Because scripture tells us that angels had closed the mouths of the lions. And it says they lifted Daniel out, and there wasn't even a scratch or a bruise anywhere on his body. And then what does the king do? Then the king sends out a decree. It says, my mistake, everybody. There's only one God. That's Daniel's God. And he calls for a whole nation to turn and worship that God. The Lord was exalted through Daniel's willingness to die for him. The Lord was exalted through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's willingness to die for him. Exalting the Lord isn't just praise and worship. Exalting the Lord is a mindset. It's a mindset that no matter what we are going through, it doesn't bend us or break us in comparison to how awesome our God is. It doesn't move us to the left or to the right. Yes, at times we don't see the Lord moving. He's still good and worthy of our praise. Even when we don't know the end from the beginning, even when we don't see things happening the way we want to, it doesn't change how awesome and how amazing and how wonderful the Lord is. And he is worthy to be lifted high in this place. He's worthy to be lifted high in our lives. I've talked with you about it in previous messages, but my wife and I have done a thing for years. We have a glass jar in our home that we write things that God has done on little slips of paper and we put it in the jar. And we begin the day of each year by going through the jar and reading out loud as a family the things God has done for us. 
you know what we're doing? We're exalting the Lord. We're magnifying his name as a family. And it gets to certain points that, like, there are different ones, like, my daughters that, like, are looking for, like, certain slips in there because they know that that one was one that was special to them. There are other times where we know that there are certain pieces of paper in there that we thought when we put it in there, God was, I, I remember one year we had a slip of paper in there where we had prayed over friends to have a, a child. And we had put that slip of paper in the jar because they became pregnant. And we were so excited. So excited for them. And then in the course of that same year, they lost that child. And my wife and I knew that slip of paper was in that jar somewhere. And eventually we were going to open it, unfold it, and read it. But you know what? Within that same jar was a second slip where they became pregnant again in that year. And they have a beautiful little girl that has come out of that right from that second pregnancy that the Lord watched over them and they brought that child unto birth. And when my wife and I that year, we found that first slip and unfolded it and read it and remembered in that moment what we felt like the Lord was doing and then the heartbreak of it not being what we thought it was going to be, but then the excitement that somewhere else in that jar was the greatness of the Lord, was the fullness of the story, was the completion of the promise. That even though one time it ended in grief, we knew again later on it was going to end in joy and celebration. There are times in our lives when we have to exalt the Lord and lift high the name of God, even if it doesn't end the way we think it should end. He's still worthy of our praise. If solely and simply on the fact that he died on the cross for our sins. He's worthy of our praise. Period. That alone makes him worthy of our praise. The awesome thing is, the Lord in his love for us goes even over and above that. That the same Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead lives in me. Right? Same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that empowered him coming out of the desert to do signs, wonders, and miracles lives in me. And he will do great things. I'm believing over the course of the next couple of years as a community for us to regularly see the greatness of God manifest in this place. I, I want it. My heart burns for it. There is nothing about me that's okay with sickness in anyone who calls Bethel their home church. I hate sickness and infirmity. I loathe it because I know the greatness of God. I've seen the Lord do everything but raise the dead. And if the Lord asks me to pray over someone who has died, I will do it with boldness in my heart, believing for them to be raised up. Because Jesus said, everything I've done, you will do and more. I just want to do what Jesus did. Right? Then I'll worry about and more later on. But as a community, when we see the Lord move and we exalt his name, it stirs us to believe then when something else happens that the Lord can come in this situation and move. But if we come into this place and we're always like, oh Lord, I'm just coming to church today because it's what I do on Sunday mornings. Oh, Lord, I haven't read my Bible in three years, God, but every now and then I listen to a podcast devotional, and it reminds me of how terrible the world is, right? Like, what are we doing? That's not exalting the Lord. 
our youngest is constantly singing in our house. Constantly. She's always singing. She's just making songs up. And I love when she's singing about like church stuff and, and things that the Lord is doing and all that. I might not understand what she's talking about, but in her mind, she's like, God, like this, this song is crushing it, right? In her mind, as a six-year-old, she's like, I'm nailing it with Jesus right now in this song. When I put her to bed at night, she'll say, Dad, pray over me that Jesus will come in my dreams tonight. I want to talk with him. And I'm like, absolutely. Right? And lately, he's been coming in her dreams. She'll wake up the next morning. She'll go, I saw, uh, Jesus came last night in my dream. I sat on his lap and we talked together. And I'm like, hallelujah. I'm a fifth generation spirit-filled Christian. Right? My, my oldest is already spirit-filled. That makes her sixth generation on my father's side in our family line. That, do you know, like, six generations of those that have followed the Lord, there should be something that happens in my kids. Be why? Because my family for generations has magnified the name of the Lord. My family for generations through struggle and trial and circumstances and situations has not stopped worshiping God, has not stopped giving him praise and honor and glory even in difficult times. My parents' car was repossessed off the church parking lot when I was a kid because that was the only place the repo company could find them consistently. I remember the, the weekend it happened. But you know what? It didn't at all stop my mom and dad from worshiping the Lord. Even when they were going through difficult times, even when they were going through struggle, it didn't stop them from exalting the Lord. My punishment as a kid was never less church. It was more church. <laughs> my parents would be like, you blew it. You're going to church extra this week. Why? Because they understood there was something that was different about the unity of the body of Christ. There was something different, at least there should be, something different about the coming together of the saints. Does it mean our lives are perfect? No, not at all. It doesn't. A lot of you in this room are going through different things. You're going through trouble. You're going through trial. You're going through circumstances and situations but you still have the creator of heaven and earth with you. You have the king of kings and the Lord of lords with you. You have the living spirit of God with you. You have the son of God raised from the dead, sitting at the right hand of the father, always praying for you. So when we are going through things, we don't need to get stuck in that. Lift high the name of the Lord. Exalt him. Talk about the things that he's done for you in the past. Reflect on the Psalms and the, and the different things that we see from the Lord when he's exalted all through the Psalms. The Psalms are filled with exalting the Lord. I love, I, I'm going to read a, a big segment of it, but the 145th Psalm. You don't have to worry. There's only a couple of verses on the screen, so don't worry about putting it up. The 145th Psalm opens, right? A Psalm of David. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great 
is the Lord and worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell them of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. I meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. All of you, all of you, right, worship the Lord. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through the generations. The Lord is faithful to all of his promises and loving towards all that he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of living things. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways and loving towards all that he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name. Right? That's just one psalm. That's just one psalm that talks about how awesome the Lord is. Like, it's it just, it gets me worked up when I think about things like that. As I've traveled the world and gone into little villages in, in the jungles of the Philippines or, or Thailand or, or gone into the mountains of Haiti and you meet people who are there lifting high the name of the Lord. Years ago, my wife and I met a witch doctor in Haiti. He had been a witch doctor, right, for, for years and years and years. In a dream one night, Jesus comes to him and says to him, this is the path you're on. And he said, that path ended in a fire like I could not explain to you. And then Jesus said to him in the dream, this is the path I have. And he said it was beauty beyond anything he understood as a witch doctor. And he woke up from the dream and didn't even know that it was Jesus, but said, I got I to find out who that was. Couldn't read, couldn't write. People would come to him all through the regions there in Haiti. And he sent his granddaughter into the nearest village with a, with a description of the guy he saw in his dream. She goes in, right down from the mountains into the village, meets people, and they're like, that's Jesus. Gives her a Bible. She goes back to the village, begins reading it to him. He gets radically saved and converted and ends up pastoring and leading hundreds of people there in that community who had previously come to him as a witch doctor. Now when they would come in to get their ailments met, he would say, let me tell you about the creator of heaven and earth. Let me tell you about the one that died for our sins. And it ends up leading this community. Leading them to the Lord. We get there and meet with him. 
And he said to us, you're the first outsiders that have come into this village. Thank you for coming. The group we were working with there planted a church in that village, in that area. Do you know after we went, another team from Jacksonville went to the same village three months later? After we went and started establishing a church in that area, he passed away. He passed away. Why? He had served the Lord faithfully until the Lord was able to bring someone else in that would keep lifting up the name of the Lord. Someone else that would keep things going in that community and then the Lord brought him home to glory. But it wasn't until someone else was there and doing the work to continue the name of the Lord being lifted up in that area where no one else was going. The Lord himself went in to a place where people weren't being reached and showed himself to them. It's amazing to me to think about. And so because of things like that, it stirs my heart to only want to exalt the Lord even more. It stirs my heart that here in this community, for us at Bethel, exalting the Lord has to be a foundational part of who we are. And I love that when the Lord brought my wife and I here to join with you, that exalting the name of the Lord was one of those four foundation stones for your community. I love that when we got here, because listen, y'all do encouraging so well. I love it. I love, I was talking with Larry this morning. Like the fact that it seems like everyone in this place actually enjoys being here is awesome. <laughs> it makes my job as a pastor so much easier when people like coming to their church. <laughs> you do encouraging great. Right? We're working and growing to do equipping well. Right? We will eventually evangelize and do that on a greater scale. We're doing it now, right, with the homeless and, and with different things, right? But that's going to grow in our community. But listen, we can't evangelize well if we don't exalt well. Because then the people we're bringing in look around and go, y'all are as miserable as I am. Why would I want to be here? But when we exalt well, then when we evangelize, we're actually bringing them into something that will allow their lives to be radically changed. Because we've got down the most important part, and that is lifting high the name of the Lord. That is worshiping the living God. There, there are so, I could share so many stories with you and so many things that have like marked my life in the Lord. But I look forward, right, not just to looking back on the things God has done, but having new things the Lord is doing. That's what I want. I, I will share stories with you of crazy missions encounters and, and God encounters and things like that that I've gone through over the years. I've heard things that the Lord has done in Bethel since its creation and, and foundation. I've heard of all those things, and I love it. I love it. But it doesn't, it's, I'm not riding on old fuel. Right? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not living on old fire. I want a flame that burns here and now. Right? I want to see miracles happening now. Right? 
I want to see Pastor Don in this place every week because the Lord has touched his body and he's going out strong. I want to see Worth Senior brought up out of that hospital bed. I want to see Martha's dimension driven out by the touch of the living God. Those are the things that drives my heart right now before the Lord. And so there are times when I will say to the Lord in prayer in this place or, or in my home, Lord, I know you can do this because you've done it before. I'll say, Lord, I, I've seen you open deaf ears. I've seen you open blind eyes. I've seen you heal cancer. I've seen you dry up AIDS and different things in bodies. I know you can do this, Lord. And I, and I remind the Lord of the things he has done. I exalt his name and praise him for the things he has done, but I don't live on those things. I do it now to stir my heart to continue believing that there's more of that ahead. To continue believing that there's more of that available. Right? Let the past be appetizers that prepare us for the main course that is the next couple of decades together as a community. Right? Durham needs churches that are filled with the spirit of the living God. They don't need churches that just talk about what the Lord has done way back when. They need churches that talk about what the Lord is doing right now. That's what I want. I want a revival in Duke Chapel where kids are getting baptized in the fountain because the Lord has shown up on that campus in such an unbelievable way. The same thing for NC and NC State and Central and everywhere else. Right? Listen, the places that are the driest are the easiest to burn. Right? I walk around downtown Durham, and it's pretty dry. <laughs> Otherwise, groups like Pioneers wouldn't go through what they go through trying to light a fire in that place. But when we as a community are locked in to what's available in the Lord, we will unite with others around us and we will pursue the greater glory of the living God that's available to us right now. That it's not just one place, but it's multiple places. Because listen, church family, we can only fit so many people in this room and then people got to go somewhere. Right? I would love to be able to say to people that get saved in here, because we got 350 packing this room out, I would love to be able to say to them, here's a list of other churches that are awesome, tremendous, and wonderful in our city. Please feel free to reach out to any of those pastors and join that community. I would love to be able to say, because we're packing this place out, give me 20 people and a young leader, and let's launch another church in some part of town that has the full support and backing of us fanning that flame for them. I would love to have another pastor in town come to me and go, we need a worship leader. And I come to Matt and I go, Matt, you ready to release some of our worship team? Because we've got three different teams on rotation, and they only get like once a month. And Matt's like, yeah, I'd love to do that. And I'm like, great, pick them and let's get them out of here. I long for the day that all of that happens. I do. I'm unashamed to say that to you. I long for the day. The Lord didn't bring my wife and I from where we were in Florida to here to go backwards in the kingdom. He brought us here to go forward in the kingdom. And we want to go forward in the kingdom with you. Yeah. 
I want to see that this body of believers who are present in this place now, we are exalting the Lord together as a community so that when others begin to come in, their hearts are stirred to want to be a part of this because they see that we're exalting God. They feel the encouragement. They're being equipped and released to go out and evangelize with their gifting for the kingdom. And so for those four foundation stones that make Bethel who we are, my heart burns. But it burns first for this one, for exalting the Lord, for lifting high his name together. And the outflow of that is everything else, right? We encourage each other because we've been exalting the name of the Lord together and we just overflow with encouragement. We're equipping because we exalt the Lord together and realize different people have different gifts and so we want to see those gifts raised up. We evangelize because we exalt the Lord together and the outflow of that is we can't not evangelize because we're so crazy in love with Jesus, the idea of someone dying and spending eternity in hell is unacceptable to us because we realize how amazing and how wonderful and how awesome the living God is, right? But we don't get any of that without this without exalting the Lord together. Amen? If I could get the worship team to come back up. So my challenge to you as I begin wrapping up this morning is in exalting the Lord, don't let it just be in this room, but let it be in your everyday life. Let it be an outflow of who you are in your home, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. It meant so much to me last week. One of our neighbors that we met on the playground, a family that has recently moved into the Durham area from Michigan. My wife just in casual conversation invited them. And they were here last week with our whole family. one One invitation and their entire family came to church. I was like... Wow, Lord, it really is that easy. (laughs) He messaged me afterwards and was like, your your church family was so friendly and and it was so wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting us to be a part of that. It, It was so awesome to me. I don't know where his personal walk with the Lord is, but I know that now there's an inroad. There's relational connection, right? That the next time we're playing in the playground, maybe they'll be open to more conversation. Maybe we'll be able to find out more about them, right? To see them journey with the Lord. If I can, let me have everyone stand with me this morning. I know a lot of us are going through a lot of different things. And I know at times it's difficult to block out all the noise to focus on the Lord. But my challenge to you this morning is attempt as much as possible to exalt the Lord. Attempt as much as possible to lift high his name. Attempt as much as possible with your kids. I love being in this place on Friday nights with my daughters and doing communion together. Right? What are we doing? We're talking about the sacrifice of Jesus. And we're making it a weekly staple in our family dynamic. I love doing that because it shows how awesome and wonderful 
the Lord is for us as a family. And this morning, I asked Matt and the team to take us back into a song of exaltation. And so this is what I want to do. I just want to invite you out of your seats to come down here to the front together. And for a few minutes, I just want to exalt the name of the Lord together. His presence was so strong in this place the last couple of weeks. And I thought, what better way to go out after starting this series on our mission statement than together worshiping the Lord. And so I ask Matt to do I exalt thee because it's about him. And so this morning together, I would love for us to just sing this to the Lord.